Are you one of those people that sees life as one big experiment? Hey, let's try this. Let's go over there. Let's do that for a while. Let's go around that corner. Yeah, me too. So this is a podcast about stuff I've tried, fuck ups I've made, shit I've learned, and questions I still have. I'm Nathie Gaffney. Welcome to my podcast. I figure, let's just suck it and see. Hello, lovely listeners. In today's episode of Suck It and See the Podcast, we have big talk. That's me talking to somebody else. And I am joined by one of my funniest friends, Megan Archundi. And we are going to discuss the origins of our senses of humor. Now, Meg says that growing up as one of six children, her her sense of humor is firmly grounded in the torment of her siblings. And that got me thinking about me and my younger brother and a blindfold and some blue vein cheese. Anyway, we'll discuss that. We discuss all of it uh, with dirty martinis in hand. And we also discuss just how young is too young to have seen The Exorcist. Let's dive in. Hi. Hi. Have you got your martini? Yep, right here. You know, girl. Okay. So, um, what I call filthy martini. Oh, it's not even a dirty. No, it's filthy. (laughs) Well, yours is filthy. Mine's fucking filthy. And you know how I know? Yours yours looks pretty dirty, but like it's got little bits in it. Filthy. Yeah, but you know what? Because I've got four olives. Well, I've got I've got I've got cheese stuffed olives. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's filthy. (laughs) I just got four four sad little olives, and I didn't even have toothpicks when I made this, and so I had to get a skewer. Yeah, we. Yeah, I mean, you do what you got to do. Yeah, this is uh, you. Yeah, you've got to um, compromise. You've got to compromise. You've got to improvise. That's what it is, and that's what we're doing today. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about mm, we're gonna talk about where we get our senses of humor. Okay, you're supposed to laugh. Oh, well, actually, maybe we don't have to laugh. <laughs> Well, everybody gets their sense of humor for some from some type of trauma, don't they? So <laughs> I'm not. I'm just reflecting on that. <laughs> but yes, you can laugh at my trauma. Can I laugh at your trauma? And can yeah, everybody sure. and can everybody else laugh along with your trauma? If they do, I, as long as they're laughing with me, not at me, then that's fine. Well, and if they're I, laughing at me, then fuck them. So sorry. Well, we. <laughs> We can't control what the audience will do, Megs. Uh, I am here with my friend, uh, my very dear friend and and colleague, actually, Megan Archundi. Did I pronounce that correctly in your own accent? No. (laughs) Do you you hate it when people try and impersonate your accent? You don't, you still don't pronounce my first name right. Megan. Is it Megan? Is it Megan? It's Megan. It's It's Megan. Didn't I say that? No. What did I say? I think you you call me Megan or <laughs> Megan, but you never said Megan. But I cover Archandy. all the bases. Yeah. But now, so okay, so officially in front of an audience, I've now been publicly humiliated. I've been traumatized. So is that where I'm going to get my sentence? I let go. I mean, you asked me the question, though, so I'm going to answer you. Yeah. But yep. if I go by Megs, that can be confusing because then it would be like Megs, Megan. 
Right? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm blaming that. So it's yeah. Megan. But see, yeah. I can't say I can't say Megan in the correct pronunciation without using an American accent because if I used an Australian accent, I'd say Megan. Hey, Megan. How are you? Well, that, that, that actually sounds more correct than what your American accent <laughs> But that's fine, Nate. Like, I'll answer. You Next know, I'm going to sing that jazz song, Megan Whoopi. I'll like, answer. Megan Whoopi. You know what? Nobody's ever compared that, but that's. <laughs> um, but um, listen, you, you know, I'll answer whatever you call me. So that's fine. As long as I don't call you late for a martini. No, mm. no, even then, I'll still answer. <laughs> you still answer. As long as there's a martini at the end of it. So I want to know. You're a funny bitch. You're you're a funny bitch. You make me you you make me laugh. That's why I like working with you. Um, well, it's not the only reason I like working with you. Okay, but 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 you do you do make me laugh, and 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 I want to know where you get your sassy sense of humor from. Where does it come from? So I remember you asked me this question a while ago, and you um. Thought it because I think you, I think the way you said it was, oh, you're sassy New York sense of humor. And I'm like, it, like, does it come from being in New York? And I'm like, no, no, it just, it comes from growing up with a family and a family of six kids and, you know, being raised Catholic in a hugely dysfunctional family. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, where were you in the pecking order of that? I was the third. So the third oldest. And then my sister, Sarah, came 10 months after me. So <gasps> in the same year. Oh, my God. Oh, I, Did your I mother was- have a sense of humor? Because that's a fucking lot of kids in a very short space of time. Sherlock. In fact, my oldest sister um, asked her once, like, Mom, don't you need, like, some time to heal between births? You know, that's just like a month later. And Mom said to her, oh, you know, your father chomping at the bit. And like, it was just like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry I asked. And I'm like, I'm so sorry you told me that. And did <laughs> she ask your mum that when she was a kid? Or, like, did, was that a question know. that your mum got older? Much later. Yeah. Oh, much later. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Joe was, um, was, would have been eight or nine years old when I was born. Eight years okay. old. Nine, yeah. Okay. And so Danielle was eight. So, um, yeah. Yeah, so Sarah and I pretty much grew up like we were twins. And then, uh, and then my brother came about a year and a half, two years later. And then Angela is the baby. And she was like, uh, well, I think we were all surprises. I don't think any of us were planned. But then That's after- the Catholic way, isn't it? You just yeah. like, you throw the leg over and nine months later, there's a surprise. <laughs> you know, who wants to call it a surprise? Gross. I mean, you're talking <laughs> Girl, leg over? Gross. Ew. Well, I'll throw you throw yourself under, throw a leg over. You know, I just remember after mom had Angela, she's like, that's it, done, get my tubes tied. And I just remember as a, a second grader hearing my mom say, getting my tubes tied, even I didn't know fully understand what that meant, but I did understand what that meant. Yeah. And it's really gross to me. I'm like, yeah. why do why do women always have to do all the all the nasty stuff, you know, we bleed, we breed, you know, we push things out of our holes and then we got to get our fucking tubes tied. I'm like, make him get a, whatever, a vasectomy, whatever, something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The snip, doll. it's called the snip. 
yeah, whatever. I'm like, just, uh, I just feel like we always take, and we get the stretch marks, we get all that. Yeah, prolapsed uteruses, we get the prolapse, we get vaginal atrophy. It's fucked. I tell you what, getting old, uh, being a woman is not for the faint-hearted, that's for sure. So um, you said earlier that (laughs) doesn't everyone get their sense of humour from childhood trauma? So come on. I think you have a sense of humour if 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 otherwise I'd just be in a a mental home. (laughs) Did you, did your brothers and sisters, did you, did you torment each other? Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me, cause I, I I grew up with one brother and he's seven, he's seven years younger than me. And he has, he has one story that that he, that he tells. I mean, there are, there are several, but he has one story that he tells whenever he and I meet someone new for the first time, he tells that fucking story about me. And, yeah, uh, you know, and I wonder, do other people should have... He be, should he be here to share it or, like, or are you going to tell us? Well, I'll, okay, all, right, all right, I'll follow my sword first. So my parents were, they, they, loved, they loved to drink and, you know, I was born in the 60s, so, you know, I was, you know, a kid in the 70s and mum and dad were a bit loose, you know. They were just down at the pub and would leave me to babysit my brother because I was seven years older than him and they thought, oh, I'm eight years old. He's one year old. Yeah, inbuilt babysitter. I know, like now it would be a case for docs, but back then it wasn't. Anyway, many, many years later, I was about 12 and Milo, my brother, was five and we were living in this flat. And I remember so so clearly. It was upstairs, had like blue railings on the balcony and mum and dad were fuck knows where um, out at the pub and... uh, we were bored and I said, okay, Milo, so this is this is what we're going to do. We're going to play a game. I am going to tie you to a chair. <laughs> I'm going to tie you to a chair and then I'm going to blindfold you and we're going to play Guess That Taste. And I'm going to put little bits of food in your mouth and you're going to guess what it is, okay? And he's just so like, you're like playing, You're playing nine and a half weeks with your little... <laughs> well, hey, I was... Playing nine and a half weeks long before Mickey Rourke and fucking <laughs> Kim Bassinger. Anyway, that's another story. Um, so anyway, we started, it started, you know, innocently enough, it started with watermelon and then, you know, maybe some apple and, you know, maybe a piece of pear and maybe a piece of bread. You did and not that. make him eat shit, did you? Huh? You didn't make him eat shit. I didn't make him eat shit, but maybe I should have because when he was one, he threw shit at me out of his nappy. But that's another story. Um, so anyway... I was running out of food and he's getting a bit restless in the chair and I wanted to I wanted to amp up the steaks a little bit. So I found some blue cheese in the fridge, blue vein cheese. And honestly, now I'm like, was it blue vein cheese or was it just cheese that was mouldy? I don't know. The jury is the, past the statute of limitations. Anyway, so I, tried, so I put that under his nose and I tried to put it in his mouth and he started to go like... And, and and he's like, get away, get away. And I'm like, no, try it. No, try it. No, try it. And I poked it and I was shoving it into his mouth. And he started screaming, like screaming blue murder. And I was freaking out. And I got a, um, a hairbrush because I was trying to make him stop screaming. He's like, Wah! and I hit him on the top of the head with the hairbrush, like not hard. Not hard. The look on your face. Not hard. And at that moment, mum and dad walked in. This was going to be like a murder. (laughs) No, it was just a 
hairbrush and a bit of blue vein cheese. Anyway, I got a smack, which would be like against the law now, and um, sent to my room. I got a smack for holding my little brother down and trying to make a spit stream into his face and suck (laughs) it up. Oh, my God, I'm choking on my martini. He was was screaming so much and shaking that it it broke and it dropped his (laughs) 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 And I was as shocked as he was. And he was like, (laughs) And did the spit go right down his throat? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And then he started screaming and then my dad came down and he found out what happened. And then he smacked me right across. He's like, that's what the soldiers did to Jesus. <laughs> they smacked me oh my God, you, you were really in the, the, the house with the Catholic. Yes. Yeah. I mean, and that, you know, that leads me to the story. That, that was when he was probably about 12 and I was like 14. <laughs> I mean, oh. when, we, when we were a lot younger, I mean, I, I would have been like, you know, eight or something, eight or nine. And um, it was Lent. And like, you know, every year in Lent, uh, we had to give up something. Yeah. And for those of you who are non-Catholics every year in Lent, you got to give something up. It's fucked. In honor of Jesus's sacrifice for dying on the cross. What he gave up for us. 40 days, 40 nights, blah, blah, blah. Or, oh, no, that was the desert. I can't remember. Oh my God, that's horrible. I'm, Isn't, I that am, terrible? Isn't that terrible? Uh, Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It has been like. <laughs> did you hear that? Yeah. That's our fire. That's our fire. Can you turn that off? He's got to get to the ladder. He's got to get the ladder because our fire alarm's you, going off. Sure you should like evacuate or something. <laughs> So there is an there's an interruption to regular programming, listeners. This is an emergency. Maybe this is a good time to take a commercial break. Yeah, actually, that sounds like a good idea. Good job, babe. Welcome back, folks. We have resumed uh, regular programming. The um, fire alarms have been um, deactivated. I think just actually ripped off the fucking ceiling, exactly, I think is what's happened. Um, So back to your brother, Lent. We're giving shit up. It's not fair, but we do it for Jesus Uh, and we do it every year. Yeah, so we have to give it up for like, you know, a month or whatever. So every year we would give up. We would be forced to give up television. So... Every like, year, like not even a new thing every year. No, it was always television or, or mom and dad would give up something extra. Or we'd have to choose our own individual thing. But the whole family had to give up television. And it was a sacrifice. OK, it sucked. It sucked like major. And like this is donkey's balls. We only had one TV in the house, all that sort of stuff. So very traditional kind of middle class family. We didn't have TV, though, in every house uh, room. So we couldn't sneak it. Is that an American thing? They have TVs in every room. I th- well, I kind of thought so when I moved out and into England. But anyways, I digress. Who knows? Yes. Okay. But, so, I'm getting off topic. <laughs> so we had to give up television stuff. Anyways, one day, mom said me and Sarah could watch Jesus of Nazareth. That was the only thing we were allowed to watch on television while she was with us. And... 
we were like, well, we'll watch anything. And it was like the mini series about Jesus. And the story. it's kind of like, it wasn't like the passion of the Christ violent because it was made for television, but it was still to my, my eight and seven year old eyes, sister's eyes. It was pretty violent, you know, watching Jesus get whipped oh, and his crown of thorns. And don't they nail him to the, and yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah. That was that what that was that the nail him to the cross. Is that how you? Well, imagine? that's a hand, and there would be a nail. <laughs> there would be a nail in there, yeah. and someone's hammering it. Yes, and they nail him to the cross. And anyways, um, we're watching, you know, his, you know, trip to up the up the up the mount and all that sort of stuff. And Sarah and I, throughout this whole thing, are holding each other, bawling our eyes out, like we're just. <laughs> each other and was kind of on the other side of the couch watching it and danielle who was my old is my older sister came home and she was probably about 15 or whatever at the time and she comes home and she's like what are you watching and mom's like jesus nazareth and she looks at me and sarah and she's like mom this might not be like a good thing for them like look at them they look traumatized and mom's like it's better than that ghostbusters crap that they watch and anyways, Sarah and I were just like, <laughs> Jesus. Anyways, so. Oh, we, poor Jesus. Yeah, poor Jesus. So then we finished watching it and all that sort of stuff. You know, had nightmares. But then the weekend came <laughs> and then we're like, me and Sarah, like, oh, we got to play. Let's play something. And I don't know if it was her or if it was me that came up with the idea, but we're like, let's play Jesus of Nazareth. Yeah. And we got Brian, my little brother who would have been maybe five or six at the time. And we're like, all right, we're going to give you this broom and you're going to hitch it under your arms like that. Just like how Jesus did. Cause he had to carry that part of the cross. And then he was <laughs> nailed to the post. And like, you're going to walk up and down the stairs and walk through the house. Oh, so he didn't actually, so he didn't actually have to drag the whole cross up. Not in the there movie. was like a tree there. There was not a stump. In, yeah. Not in the movie. In the movie, you only had to carry the one part. Oh, okay. Held okay. that part. Anyway, so we were being realistic and we said, here, here's a broomstick. And like, <laughs> you know, and then we got the belts from my dad's closet. And then we would just pretend to kind of whip them. I mean, we weren't hitting him hard, but we been, and then we got like some sort of thing, like a wreath or something to hang on his head. You know, he went out and found some barbed wire or something in the backyard. You no, know, we, we weren't that creative or that cruel. It was more about the mental humiliation versus the physical. So anyways, so he was, he's like, he's like, I don't really like this game. And we're like, cause he hadn't seen the movie. I'm like, just play along. And anyways, like, just shut up. Just do it. <laughs> hey, don't be a whiny little brat. Yeah. Don't be a whiny little bitch. Jesus <laughs> was it. <laughs> be like Jesus. <laughs> so anyways, so anyways, my mom. Be like Jesus, just take it on the chin. Just take it. Die for our sins, you little bitch. <laughs> my, mom, my mom walked in and she's like, what are you doing to your brother? And we're like, we're playing Jesus of Nazareth. Get it? We're being good little girls. And then she put a stop to that. But she couldn't really punish us because she had just shown us this movie. You she know? had modeled this. Yeah. Well, you know, that, that now she knew. Because we would watch movies, me and my brother and my sisters, we would watch movies and we would we could recite the lines, we would do the scenes, 
um, you know, musicals, whatever. We we were just we would play it play by play. So it's the same thing with Jesus of Nazareth, you know. Oh, so this was a precedent that was set in in like by your family dynamic. You would you were like the family, the von Trapp family children. Yeah, except we weren't as pure. And can I and can I ask because you now live in Australia, which is like on the other side of the fucking world from where all your siblings live. Yeah. Is that a reason? Is that a factor of? Is that a factor of my sense of humor? No. Is that a factor getting away from your siblings? Oh. No, no. You know, it's just the same old story. I fell in love and, you know, moved. And like the fact that, you know, I was living in Australia, made me special, you oh. know, and I, and I remember my husband being like, he wanted to move to the States and I was very resistant to it. I'm like, no, no, I'm not a superstar anymore. <laughs> like, oh, you were just one of the pack. Yeah. You know, it's, it's like, I'm the middle child, you know, I'm of course, you know, you want to stand out, but I'm sure, I'm sure all my siblings know this about me, of course, but, but yeah, I, I just remember being very adamant. I'm like, no, I'm making. I think it was probably about four or five years in, and I just started to settle. And then, and he was wanting to go, and I'm like, eh, eh. no, I, I like being the funny American. I like being different. Well, it wasn't about being a superstar here. It was about being a superstar to them at home. Oh, because I lived in Australia. Yeah, it all of a sudden you had that. Yeah, I had cred, baby. I had cred. You had cred. Yeah. So you're an adult now. So what do you find funny now? Allegedly. Um, <laughs> I'll find that it. just made me cough on my martini. Um, I, I find, think you're very grown up. I find a lot of things funny. Mainly, I think uh, I've got a very dry sense of humor. Like your martini. Yes. My dirty, slutty martini. But, yeah, and I, I, I find humor in, in sex, in politics or whatever. But um, Look at the way you're touching your chin. For those of you who are just listening to this podcast and not, uh, like, Megan is stroking her chin. I don't know what that means, but maybe one day I'll interview a psychologist and I'll ask them, why is she stroking her chin? Bitch? Why do you have to have such a dirty mind? <laughs> um, I was thinking about this the other day, though. Um, and I was actually telling a friend yesterday, um, I went to a Halloween party yesterday and um, I was talking to this, uh, these, this couple and we were talking about, you know, when you, uh, when, how you grow up and like, we were talking about the differences in growing up then versus difference in growing up now. And they were raising their two girls and, you know, I, they would have never loved, let them watch like Halloween or anything like that. And I'm like, well, in fairness, my parents didn't either. And, uh, so this is when you ask me what I find funny now, I found this very funny. And we were talking about, you know, how strict we, it was like growing up for us. And now it's become a little bit more of a cotton candy kind of, they're going to be so entitled, this entitlement culture kind of thing. But um, I said, yeah, they would never let me watch that. But I remember I would go over to my friend's house and spend the night and her parents would let us watch all that gory shit. But when my friend spent the night at my house, my dad's like, well, you can't rent anything like Friday the 13th or Texas Chainsaw Massacre. If you're going to watch a horror film, it's going to be quality. So you'll watch The Exorcist. So, 
I was in I was in fourth grade, and like fourth grade in Australia, I guess I was uh, like twelve, maybe eleven, twelve. Anyways, same age as Reagan, the character in the movie. Anyway, so me and Kelly Bradish were watching this movie, The Exorcist. I remember I sat and Dad watched it with us, and I remember I started sitting on the couch with my dad. And then I remember I slowly slid down to the floor by the end of the movie because it was so freaky. I was just like curling. Um, I'm like, like I was trying to hide like back in the womb because it was so Head spins and she vomits green vomit out of her mouth. She masturbates with a fucking crucifix. Oh, I'd forgotten about, I'd forgotten about that bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's horrible. It was horrible. That's a little bit of a spin on the Lent story with Jesus. Head in her crotch and then, like, you know, fucking backhands her. I mean, it was fucking traumatizing. The pea soup was nothing. I'm like, that, that, like, scarred me for life. I'm like, oh, my God. Holy. That's what you could do with a crucifix. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyhow. So, so you asked me where I get my sense of humor. I'm like, so the next day. You know, this weighed on me, this movie. Like, forever, to this day, it's one of the scariest movies I've ever seen in my life. Nothing has actually ever topped it. There's some been close, but that is the one of the best. Can we get together and watch it? Yeah, sure. So, I'm walking with my dad, and I've said to him, Dad, is it true that the devil can possess little girls like that? I'm like, oh, because oh I was, you know, I was... Catholic, we were Catholic. And concerned, I'm like, yeah. I was concerned. I'm like, can the devil possess, you know, me? And dad, in his wisdom, trying to comfort me, his 12-year-old daughter, he said, oh, don't be ridiculous. The de- it's only a movie, honey. The devil only possesses the truly vulnerable, like the homeless or alcoholics. So in that moment, I felt better because <laughs> I wasn't homeless or alcoholic. But... I have some concerns now. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. It reminded me of, and we're going to go in a minute because this episode has to be, um, like, not too long because, yeah. Um, But please come back. Can can we come back and talk about other shit another time? But um, when you were saying, you know, like, age-appropriate movies and stuff like that, it did remind me that when I was, Mm, I'm going to say nine and my brother was two. Dad took us to the drive-in to see The Shining. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I know, right? Oh right. My God. Well, you probably figured your brother wouldn't understand it. Yeah, like, no, I mean, Milo was just like asleep in the back and, 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 and I was just like, Saucer eyes in the front, like, ah, oh, where's the new play makes Jack a dull boy? Johnny's home. Yeah, it was. I feel like, Dad, are you trying to tell me something? <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was pretty fucking freaky. Uh, so, listen, we're going to wrap, not wrap this up. We're going to wrap this up. <laughs> we're going to wrap this up <laughs> quickly. Um, and thank you all for coming along and uh, and I'm sure that I will have Megan or Megan um, back on another episode in oh can I can, should we sing the song shall I sing the song to um, play us out the suck it and see song yeah yeah, yeah. But, but, okay. but I'll just kind of come at the end because I okay don't know. all right okay life can get hectic 
When you're down, you've traded in your smile for an unbotoxed frown. Skip the blues, tune on in, I'm sure you will agree. When life has you lemons, just suck it and see. Just suck it and see. <laughs> and stop recording!